MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our word this month on the Velvet's Edge podcast is abandon. And I shared this on the First Edge podcast this month, that the word abandon makes me think of a recent lesson I've been learning in laying things down or letting things go or walking away when things have served their purpose and time in your life and they're just ready to be released. I used to think that was like quitting, that a mentality like that made me weak. So I would contort and change and rearrange myself and my life to make those things fit or to keep them. I now believe that one of the bravest and most courageous things we can do is walk away and move on to the next evolution of our lives. When we were working on the guest this month, I could not stop thinking about a former guest I interviewed last year, Ryan Hayden. Ryan is a writer, speaker, coach, and hypnotist whose journey inspires me almost daily. To me, Ryan's life is a testament of abandoning the things that no longer served her the mentalities, the coping mechanisms, the addictions, the chaos. Now, her life is quite the opposite. And though I'm sure the process was full of pain, I now look to Ryan as an example of someone who has what I want. That desire has nothing to do with anything that she has on the outside, but from the inner peace and clear relationship with herself and a higher power that I find inspiring. Ryan shared lots of her wisdom from experience with me in this conversation. I hope you guys enjoy. Conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. Ryan Haddon is here. She is life and spiritual coach and a hypnotherapist, which I'm fascinated about. So we have to talk about that later. You were a contributor at Poosh, Mind Body. You've done all sorts of work. And now you've opened your own space called Sage and Sound, where you're the programming director, which I'm so excited to hear about that as well. Um, I was just telling you before we started, though, that our topic this month is gratitude. You know, we pick a theme each month. And obviously with Thanksgiving, that is a really, really spot on topic. And um, I guess I would start with saying, is there some way in your practice, personal practice, that you tie in gratitude on a daily basis? I think gratitude is a frequency, right? 
Okay. And so we want to step into that, that flow, that frequency of good, because we're, when we're edging in gratitude, we um, kind of view life from a different perspective. We have a more um, optimistic perspective and more optimistic way of noting good that's happening in real time. So I'm a big fan of working gratitude in, and I think that gratitude and fear and more unfavorable emotions can coexist, just like we can love and fear can coexist, or faith and fear, or whatever it is. I think we we can just edge in these ways in which we want to operate from, and we don't bypass. You know, we talked about that a little bit earlier, you and I, about we don't want that fake gratitude. Mm-hmm. everything's so great and under the surface we're like you know dying inside <laughs> dying inside like that yeah. is over and we're not putting like a false you know um mask on top of what's true for us but i think we can acknowledge what's true for us i feel like shit i'm really upset mm-hmm. i'm angry but where can i notice some good unfolding in this now moment where yeah. is my cup of coffee was really hot someone held the door for me yeah that stranger just smiled at me it's, it's really creating that practice of holding both things. Both things are true. Mm. And that's when we get some emotional maturity because mm. we're, not, we're not allowing one feeling to run point in our entire life. We're not negating it. We're just holding space for it. Yeah. And also feelings aren't facts. Like no one told me this as a kid. Like for some reason when I got, you know, and my self-development path, it was always like, what are you feeling? What are you feeling? And putting all this importance on what we're feeling. So yes, do that. Note how you're feeling because we have like 30 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And that's my hypnotherapist hat on, you know, because <laughs> 30 to 60,000. Is that what you just yes, said? Yes. Oh I said. my God. And they're okay, all unconscious no and they're all bubbling up from the subconscious. Yeah. So we have all those thoughts and they dictate a mood. They dictate a feeling, Yeah. but they're also not that important. And, you know, it's where we stop and grab onto a thought. And one thought comes on the screen and it's usually those habitual thoughts because they're like neural pathways that have been etched in the mind and they, they like, they find their little groove. Mm -hmm. So if it's for you, not you, Kelly, but if it's someone else, like nobody likes me. Yeah. Nobody likes me. So everything around you keeps calibrating to that truth. Nobody likes me. And so you start seeing it everywhere. So anyway, I digress. There's a lot of different points in what I just said, but truly, truly we can notice a thought and then we can still try to move through it. Say, this is true for me right now. I feel angry. And we can also start looking around like what good is unfolding in this time, in this yeah. moment, instead of allowing yeah. that just runaway train. I love that because the, when I was reading about you, one of the main things that jumped out to me about your story was that it's not like you present this perfect story of this perfect life. Like you've had great moments and you've had really hard moments from what I read. Mm-hmm. And the bigger piece to me and that the one that really resonates with me is that some of your hardest moments viewing from the outside seem to be the catalyst for you to really like grow and evolve. And so looking back, I would imagine there is a sense of gratitude. And just like you're saying, you had that like matching feeling of, you know, I'm sure those were like very painful, very sad, very hard. There's a lot of anger, all of the emotions and now you're like, oh, wow, without that, I could never be where I am. Does yeah. That I mean, that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's true for all of us. I think any good practitioner or healer or coach or therapist has, if you're holding space for someone, you have to have walked through the, yeah. the on the hot coals yourself in some ways. You have to be a way shower. 
mm-hmm. you know, or a light bearer. And that gets into the woo-woo portion of this. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more. Um, <laughs> I think you can't hold space for someone else's shadow or darkness. Truly, truly, mm. truly. I mean, you can get it through textbooks, but I don't know that people trust that you have, you can hold that experience, the depth yeah. of that. And so I definitely feel it's my privilege and my honor to be able to be one of those people in this time, um, in this very pivotal time on our planet. And I definitely have been to the dark places. Yeah. I am this week, I have 19 years in recovery. Wow. Congrats, first of all. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. What that means is it just means that 19 years ago, a window of grace opened and I crawled through it because I truly, truly think that it was a miracle. I was one way and I could not get out of that darkness. I could not, I couldn't leverage it. I couldn't um, think my way out of it. I couldn't act my way out of it. It was really, truly the depths, the dark night of the soul. And I was in a relationship that um, was also very dramatic. And mm-hmm. so it was, that's what happens when two people are in their, their cups. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, you know, just really hard to see your way out of. And then, like I said, this window of grace opened. I don't know why. It was just my time. I don't know if it was because I had um, some karmic <laughs> Uh, loopholes that I had built up in some karmic, you know, bank currency, but it was my time to, to walk into a new lifestyle and someone, a way shower showed me the way this is try this. Yeah. And for me, it was a program. It was a, a, a new, a new blueprint that I could work off of. And I didn't have a blueprint. I felt like I was doing the best I could with the tools I had, which mm-hmm. I was using dull tools. And I was using a hammer instead of a screwdriver. <laughs> and I was, um, I had really no tools. My best thinking got me to that place in my life. And I thought it was about all the outside things. And boy, did I do that. I got all the, all the people, places and things, and it still couldn't save me from myself. God, isn't that was, the thing though? Yeah. Like we always, yeah. that's the goal of, I feel like what society preaches us that or teaches us that life should be is like, get the things, get the relationship, get the money, get the status, get whatever it is that looks pretty on the outside. But just like what you were saying earlier, like if the inside doesn't match, you're going to have a problem. You're going to blow it up. Blow it up. You're going to feel unworthy. Yeah. Yes. And oh, I thought wow. that it was in mothering. I thought it was in wifing. And I thought yeah. it was in red carpeting. And I thought it was in all these other places that we hold up. But truly, uh, I was looking for that relationship with myself. And I know that sounds corny, but I wanted that feeling of connection. And I didn't know I'd been misled to believe. And I bought it yeah, yeah. that it was out there and I could. Um, just grab onto it. And so I was this greedy, hungry, piggy little girl who was pretending to be an adult and just more, 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 I was insatiable. Mm. And you really push up against the wall fast when you do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that my descent was swift and it was quick and it was public. And yeah. it was, it really was like, this isn't working. Yeah. And so I know that was another window of grace is the timing. It was a, it was a short and intense period of time. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that um, I crawled through that window of grace. And I do want to say, like, I look back on that version of me that almost nine, 20 years ago, I guess, 19 years ago. And I like, I love that girl. Mm-hmm. I love her desperateness. I love all, all of her. 
I love her um, scrappiness. I love her grasping. You know, I've folded her into who I am. And it's, uh, I teach from that place of knowing her intimately. Yeah. Just like we talk a lot about the inner child. And we talk a lot about the subconscious. We talk about all these aspects of who we are. And this is an aspect of who I am. And I'm not running from her. You know, in my early days of recovery, it was like trying to put as much space between oh, yeah. her as possible. Yeah. I'm like, and we've You're all like, had that. We're not Whether the same. Yeah, we're the same. I want nothing to do with her. Yeah. She's an asshole. She wants to destroy everything. And that was yeah. probably true. So that running, but then you stop and you're like, oh Jesus, she's still in there. And that's still that voice. That's like more, where can mm. I get more, please? Can I have some more? Like it, it, it's, and I know it's her. And so, and she's dear and sweet and all those good things. And so I have her under, you know, um, I just fold, she just folds into who I am, you know? Um, but I'm so grateful that I've had that experience. I'm so grateful that I burned everything to the ground that way. Um, I mean, I didn't do that on purpose, but that's what happened. And from there I could build something else that was solid. Yeah. Truly um, was meaningful. And then in turn, you know, for the rest of my life, what I'm doing one day at a time is really just turning around and offering that back up to someone else. You know, Mm. in the beginning I worked with women, it was only women. And I still mostly gravitate to women in my practice. And, but, um, what a gift, what an honor. Truly, I've said that a few times, but it's true. It really is. Like what could be, and, and part of why I burnt out because I was looking for purpose and I couldn't find it. Mm. And I couldn't find my purpose. And I knew I had this grand purpose and I'm, I'm fully in it now, but it's so fantastic that purpose came through that dark night of the soul. Yeah. I love yeah. referring to it as a window of grace that you walked through. Like that, because again, that takes away, I think when something is painful, my brain immediately wants to deem it as bad. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, it's uncomfortable, but all the emotions in this world are actually for a purpose, I believe. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. what is it bringing to your attention? And like your work now, I mean, you're the spiritual life coach and, um, you know, relationship expert. And like you were saying earlier, if I'm going to someone and I'm like, they're saying to me, Hey, it's going to be okay. I want to know that they walked through that first and they're okay. Like to see someone else and go, I want what she has. Cause I know she's been down here too. To me, that speaks volumes. Like that is mm-hmm. that's the thing that draws me in every time. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about relationships because something else you touched on was just the relationship with ourselves. And I loved where you're mentioning the part about in all of the stuff, like you were looking outside of yourself for all the things. And yes, it could sound cheesy for us to say like, but always it was within myself, but it is the truth. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz had yes, it right. Yes. Yeah. So how important, you know, if I'm having you put on your relationship hat here a little bit, because I want to talk through some of the stuff that you work with people on, um, what, how important would you say the relationship to ourselves is to our relationship with others? Oh, it's everything. It dictates the quality of our relationships. I mean, how you feel about yourself is what you're calling in. Okay. And that's not to say that I haven't had angels show up on my timeline of, of human beings who loved me because I couldn't love myself yet. So that has happened also. That's also true. Okay. But I do feel like our perception of what we're worthy of and the the degree to which we allow love in and we allow love to flow out um, is certainly dictated by um, this inner stability that we have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can be someone who gives out a lot 
So, you know, that flow can be imbalanced because we're seeking love through someone else by our giving. Mm. And it's really holding, trying to control and manage that relationship. But when you don't have to do that anymore, can you imagine the freedom? And you really just trust everyone's coming and going. Like I have four kids. They're all different stages of growth. They're coming and going. You know, relationship I'm married now. Um, I deeply trust how relationships move and how they're organic. That's not to say I'm not going to fight like hell and I'm not going to work my hardest to be my best within that. But I also just trust the ebb and flow of things. So I'm not holding tight to anything. Mm. That's what it feels like. And it feels like fucking freedom is what it feels like. Because I can tell you that there were a few relationships in the span of my, in between my marriages where I was working this out. And those were my greatest teachers, those, those relationships that happened the dating period of time, because I wasn't ready for the my relationship with my husband that I have now. We've been yeah. together 15 years. And longevity is not a gauge of success. I just want to say that. I believe We've that all known well. couples that have been together two decades and you're like, it's time yeah. to separate. <laughs> this is a shit show. Yeah. Right? Um, so it's not about who stays together the longest wins. I think it's about who's using tools okay. within the partnership and like putting the lens back on yourself within partnership because we're mirroring to each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's when it gets really interesting. So when you're seeing yourself focusing on their behaviors, what they're doing, what they're thinking, what they're saying, if I could just get them to do this, you've lost the plot. Right. Not to say that we can't share our needs and wants. When you do this, I feel this like we want to stand up for ourselves and we want to set boundaries with behavior and things like that. And obviously, if you're in a, you know, a relationship that's not feeding you and sustaining you in some way, right. the fuck out. You know, it's time yeah. to leave. I don't yeah. even know if we can swear here, but I'm in the Yes, mood, you can. So. Okay, thank <laughs> you. Um, it's time to leave, right? If it's not working and you've and the person is not um, hearing you, listening, all those other things, and you may be pulled in a third party, or there's behaviors that are unacceptable. I have to say that just as a caveat, like stop working. You're working too hard. It's not going to happen. Um, cause we can only do so much and everyone gets to be how they want to be, but we get to decide who we want to be in relation to that insanity yeah. or not. Right. So yeah. there's that. But I think going back to those relationships, I was in these emotionally unavailable relationships and I looked like the, like the most amazing person in those partnerships. Cause I was like, I'm so loving. I'm just holding space for you. Whenever you're ready, step into this love bubble. And they were like running away and they're, you know, yeah. so it's like, <laughs> I look like the hero, but really what shifted it when I realized is, um, how am I emotionally unavailable to myself? Oh my God, how am yes. I afraid to show up in partnership fully? Because I keep calling in these people and that's when you get talking about the subconscious, we call in where we need to heal. We call in the partner that helps us to heal that part of ourselves that's still in shadow. This sounds like a lot of gobbledygook, but I can tell you that boots on the ground, when you get that, you're like, oh my God, it's not them, it's me. It's totally me. And I'm creating all of this Yes, so that I can heal. We're like this incredible self-healing mechanism. And our subconscious is like managing, you could call it the higher self, you could call it the Mm. subconscious. You know, the subconscious gets a lot of a bad rap and it's truly moving us into alignment when we start paying attention. So those mm-hmm. compulsive behaviors, those patterning, it's about where are the places where you haven't shone the spotlight yet? It's you sister. Like mm-hmm. it's you calling this in to highlight yet again, there's a place here that needs some attention. Mm-hmm. And so again, you're in this deep partnership with yourself, whether you realize it or not, you think it's the guy, you think it's about getting married, you think it's having all these other externals that we, you mentioned before, 
but it's really about creating these contexts to keep knowing you, to keep expressing more love. And I had this mentor that would say to me, how much more can you love yourself right now with the shit that's going on? And it was always that question. And that would like laser into the story that I was telling myself or that narrative. And I'd be like, oh yeah, how much more love can I give to myself? And that would look different at each time. What do I need? That's, that's a novel thing to ask. What do I need right now? Isn't that crazy that that is the, like, mm-hmm. sometimes the last thing that would ever come to my brain totally. to think about. Right. Cause yeah. we're reparenting. Right. And that's yeah. like, what do you need? You'd say that to your child. What do you need right now? Yeah. What's going on for you? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're really upset. Like speaking to yourself in that way, no one's going to do that work. There yeah. is no rescue party. No one, no therapist. Like it's, this is when it's just you and your mind. Mm-hmm. You and your willingness and to get curious. What do you need right now? How can I show up for you? Mm-hmm. And it sounds selfish because it's me, 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 but ultimately you can't show up and you're not giving from overflow if you're not asking those questions. Right. And tending and tending to that, you know, as, asking, listening for the answers and then tending to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. The mirroring piece of relationships is something that I've, it's just been brought into my awareness this past year where I really got it. Like I've heard it, but I couldn't quite grasp what that meant. And so it's interesting now though, because it kind of, it's like, you can't actually just bitch about your ex or whatever. Like, Oh, he's such an asshole because it's like, yeah, but you still brought him in. So like, what was that? (laughs) Like just having to take that responsibility in and of itself it kind of takes away the like, um, it's not glamorous to bitch about our exes, but like you have to face yourself too. And mm-hmm. that to me is such an interesting switch. Like I've started dating now again um, after a year off. And it's so interesting going in with that mentality of like mm. why the people that are coming in are coming in. And also just looking at, I love that you mentioned the part about how unavailable we are to ourselves. Like if you're bringing in an unavailable partner, there's a part of you that's unavailable too. And I just couldn't mm-hmm. get that for a long mm-hmm. time because as you have described, like I was a giver and, you know, like I thought I was showing up so much in relationship, but I wasn't showing up for me at all. Like it was mm-hmm. all looking for it outside. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like how do we show up for ourselves more? Mm, I love everything you just said. I think that's beautifully said. I don't know. Thank you. To add to that, it's a process. It's just, I think the first thing is that paradigm shift of it's me. Okay. It's me showing up in all these partnerships, these things getting reflected back, and then taking it one step further than that. It's why is this here for me? What is this here to show me? So it's that curiosity. And then just sticking with it. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, but I think a lot of times, and here's the therapy portion of it, a lo- we're working out our primary caregivers. It's not sexy. No. This is not sexy conversation, right? right? It is not. It's all projection. So what part needs healing? And once you close those loops, then you start feeling attracted to mm-hmm. different types. And so this, like, I never, I don't trust the, when the C's part and you see someone across the room, No, that's just your subconscious and their subconscious should just, I mean, there are twin flames and soul, you know, soulmates and things like that, but let's keep it super real. It's rare. Yeah. Twin flames are rare. It's become this, like, it means that two souls are split. That's just, it's not an, it's not a, and we've just made it like it's, we're not going to have twin flame. Yeah. It's not. (laughs) 
And I don't actually subscribe to the you complete me. Oh, God, no. To me, that's Never. the unhealthiest mentality. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. And you can feel that feeling when you're aligned with someone. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like two holes come together. And, you know, and so I, I think we're really, we're really pushing against programming mm-hmm. because the matrix that we live in is all about that. You know, it's all about I'm lost and then you found me and then, Mm. you know, um, and this drama and the real housewives of it all. It looks like this and women relate to each other this way and relationships not a relationship until there's like shit flying. And like, Mm. that's just when you start to shift the frequency of that, of just being able to sit in silence with someone, of just being able to be, to really delight in who you are when you're with someone Mm. and noticing how you feel. Um, and how you feel more whole within yourself when you're with them. Like those are things like you can start breathing life into. That's when you know you're onto something good. Yeah. How do we, like, you've talked a lot about the subconscious and I know that's a lot. I mean, that's what hypnosis is really addressing, right? I mean, <laughs> your work with It's hypnosis. one modality. Yeah. Okay. If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. Mother's Day is right around the corner and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later... The co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So can you, what, I think I've heard you say in another interview that something in the 90s, like 95% of our thoughts are coming from our subconscious. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It's like 95%. I mean, people say 90 or 95, but yeah, it's in that. I mean, that is the majority of our thoughts. Yeah. And yeah. we're just walking around completely unaware. Is that, mm-hmm. okay, can you explain this to me? Because I just don't, like I'm starting to get it. And then the more I'm addressing the, like the mirroring and what I'm bringing in, like it is clicking, but how do we know, like, how can we trust ourselves then? Because it's like, what part is this old programming that I'm mm-hmm. Dri- that's driving the bus of my life. And then what is actually where I need to be? And like, I'm in alignment with myself. Like, how do we know? This is a great question. <laughs> I I think when you have repetitive thoughts and patterning mm-hmm. and you, it's safe to say that that's the subconscious. Okay. That's like rerouting thing that is just, so just noticing that, like where, what are phrases that you say to yourself? This is what I'll work with when I'm working with a client. I'll be like, what are repetitive phrases for you? What are beliefs that you have that you like? Um, it's usually stuff you picked up from childhood. I mean, mm-hmm. we are in this, and I'm, this is the part where I'm going to explain the different um, brainwave activities. Yeah. It's the science part of this and it's not, um, just bear with me. So we're in this beta state right now. It's really about output. So the brain's moving really quickly in these beta waves. Below that's alpha, which is kind of when we space out, when we drive from A to B and we don't remember how we got there. We're kind of in alpha. Most times when we go into meditation, we're in alpha. Below that's theta. Theta is the magic state where the subconscious is in play. And then below that is delta. So the brainwave activity just gets slower and slower and slower. Yeah. So when you go to sleep at night, you're in delta, delta sleep. Theta is what we drop into when we do hypnosis. So a great hypnotherapist will drop you into that theta state. And from there, they will um, upload these new ideas you have around something. Okay. Like I can attract abundance, that I am Mm. in flow, that I love myself, that I can release this harmful way of coping, smoking, addictions. Like this is where they'll drop you into the magic Mm -hmm. theta state. And this in the brainwave activity state that is receptive to new ideas. So context from the ages of zero to seven, we're in theta. Oh, so every, yep. We're little sponges. We're just walking around in theta state. And after seven, we pop out. Then we're going through these different brainwave activity states. You can imagine it makes sense. You land in a human body, your soul, Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, what do I need to know to survive? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So you're picking up, picking up, and you're reading what love is, what success is, what safety feels like, what abundance feels like. Oh my All God, these things that are- just rocked my world. Sorry. That's from <laughs> zero to seven. That just mm-hmm. made my whole life make sense. Okay. Right. Go ahead. Okay. That was my life. Yeah. So anything you've picked up from your parents about ideas around money and love and mm-hmm. stability and security and um, sense of self mm-hmm. would have been through those times. So it's, Really easy to, if you can go back to what your parents said during those times and remembering phrases, money doesn't grow on trees, whatever those, those little phrases, those are the things that are running your life under there. Those have been put into the database. That's your hard drive. It's been wired now. Mm -hmm. And that's why people feel this helplessness, this, this powerlessness sometimes around their best thinking, their conscious mind that says, I want this to be different. But then the subconscious keeps rerouting to that true north of what it's, 
what's in the hard drive. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah, it is frustrating, but my friends are getting frustrated with me because like when I talk about this dating stuff, um, you know, one of the narratives amongst my friend group, but I think this is a lot of women in general is there are no good men out there. Like, I don't know if you've heard, you know, and I'm like, Oh my God, I heard it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I've lived that way. I spent probably my last decade living in that mentality. And what do you know? All I brought in (laughs) were men who validated that narrative, you know, over and over. And I was just like, see, there it is. It's like, but of course our brains are amazing and that they will keep doing that. So if we believe that, then yes, we're going to pull something in that makes that true. And so what I've been trying to say is, it's kind of what you were saying about the abundance place. Like I come from a place of abundance. Like love is abundant. There is no scarcity, like amount of love in this world. You know, like there are amazing, there's multiple relationships for me and like whatever I'm supposed to be in right now um, is here to teach me something. And like that Mm -hmm. shift has completely changed dating for me. Like completely. And it's taken away so much of that power. Go ahead. So much. Yeah, no, I was going to say, quick life hack. If yeah. someone says something like that and you yeah. can feel that it has torque to it. Yeah. Um, say cancel, cancel, cancel. Okay. In my, so my brain doesn't pick yeah. it up. Cancel, 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 cancel. cancel. Okay. Yeah. Done. And then you can affirm something to yourself. Say, um, my person is wake- making their way to me and I'm making my way yes. to them. Yeah. And I can't wait. The subconscious loves expectation, loves hope. So you can say, I can't wait to meet my person. Yeah. I can't wait to step into this flow of love that's on its way to me. Things like that. Find your phrasing that feels true to you. Because these these are things that I would say to myself because I was dating in Los Angeles, which Mm -hmm. is a really small pool and it's all about age. Oh, yeah. Position, you know, all those things, status, youth. Yeah, said age. Yeah. I can't, I can't say that enough. And I had, you know, I just, people would say to me, you have two kids and you're, 30. I was such a baby. I was like 30, 30 33 years old. I was like, I was like oh, what are you That's talking so about? It's to tell you now I'm like 50. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think those things are, are just, these are little ways to disengage from these beliefs that keep mm-hmm. getting perpetuated, mm-hmm. you know, and there is enough and we find each other and there's a lid for every pot. Someone used to yeah. say that too, and I love that. And so, you know, if you're, if your person isn't showing up, just saying he's getting ready for me, they're getting ready for mm. me. I'm getting ready for them. They're getting ready for me. You know, we're not ready yet. Yeah. And so, and this is a beautiful thing because it's like, I can have fun in between. I don't need to do shit. No. All I have to do is just keep fo- focusing on my own healing, getting curious about where I'm at, trying to close loops, noticing patterning, just gently, softly. We can't catch 60,000 thoughts, but we can notice a mood that we have, a feeling that we have. Oh, what was I just thinking that created this thought and mood? Yeah. And then backtracking and say, is that true? Yeah. You know? And just parceling through. And I can tell you that that work is so precious. It is so dear. And you can have people like the path. And I've had so many great mentors littering my path along the way. And I've had a lot of, um, I've been very fortunate that way. But when it comes to this again and again, it's about this work that you do with yourself, so this true. gentle, loving lens that you keep bringing to everything and mm-hmm. repatterning the subconscious. Mm-hmm. You don't have to change it and shift it and like, you know, away from the eye. Like you don't have to do that. It's just gentle. It's just loving. And so I just want to go back to one more. I like to put tools in people's hands. When you go to sleep at night, 
when you're going through these states that I talked about, mm-hmm. from beta, alpha, theta into the delta sleep, that is the time to repeat those affirmations. That is the time to program. You don't need a, sub, a, a subconscious specialist. I'm giving you these, these little tools now. <laughs> when you're going to sleep, that is the time to say your affirmations. That is the time to reprogram your own subconscious mind because only you can really do that. It's the degree, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. It's the, the degree that you allow it. You know, Whoa. people think, yeah. Talk about that. What do you mean? It's the degree we allow it. Because I'll have clients come in. It's to the degree that they allow themselves to drop into. There's, it's their suggestibility. It's the degree to which they allow themselves to drop into that theta state. So I can navigate and I have different ways of doing that. I have different mm-hmm. pattern techniques, whatever that is that I learned and that, you know, I use. Um, and I also have the tool of my voice and those sorts of things. But at the end of the day, it's the degree to which someone is willing. Mm-hmm. And so you are your own best healer. You can use, be deliberate and conscious and mindful about when you want to drop into this theta state. And you can do it through breath. You can do it through intention. You know, taking three deep breaths and then just counting from 10 down to one in your waking state, that'll drop you into alpha theta. And then from there, do your affirmations. From there, set your intentions. But the most potent time is when you're falling asleep because you definitely have to move through that state to get into sleep. Mm-hmm. So instead, what we do is our head hits the pillow and we're like worrying, thinking about the day tomorrow, how the day didn't go well. So I would say keep a little journal next to your bed. Write out all the thoughts, get them all out. Just let them just find their way out on paper. And then you talked about gratitude at the top of this, in the theme. So I would write 10 gratitudes. Okay. Up upload your your frequency, uplevel your frequency, write 10 things you're grateful for for the day. And then then you're really setting the tone for the subconscious. As you're going to sleep into that theta, you're in that frequency of good, that frequency of abundance, because that's what gratitude is. Yeah. And so then you're going to sleep with that top of mind. Okay. I love that you um, said that the subconscious loves hope. Because I mean, that, that actually makes so much sense to me, but I do think specifically if we are keeping on the dating topic, like that is one of the hard parts of dating, right? You get excited and then it doesn't work out. And Mm -hmm. I think that we're so conditioned to, again, think that's a failure or like, why, why am I not meeting this person or whatever? And one of the things that's really helped me lately is doing exactly what you're saying. Like, it's just you know, like if something happens and it doesn't work out, I'm like, the universe is protecting me. Like rejection is your biggest protection, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And like, and also is, is what am I feeling right now? A lot of times I'm just lonely and it's like, okay, but I'm again, not talking to myself. I'm having, I have no connection to myself. And most of the time I can satisfy that pretty quickly. If I actually just even address like, oh, I'm sorry, you're lonely. It's like no one else is really going to fully be able to give me that ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in relationships and felt that. So I know that to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but why does the subconscious like hope? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because it's always calculating. It's trying to, you know, it's it's trying to, it's rerouting to keep you safe. It, okay. it really runs the autonomic nervous system. So that's yeah. the, the technical piece. And so it's fight and flight, you know, fear is all of those things. So yeah. It's always scanning. It's always looking. And so when we, you know, usually we're like um, thinking fearful thoughts, like mm-hmm. this isn't, you know, if I do this and so it's, it's how it can manage, you know, when you're trying to get out ahead of something, you can think the worst so that you can yeah. keep your expectations that way. So instead right. of it doing that by just constantly 
like you're doing. I love how you're reframing and just saying um, rejection is God's protection or the universe's mm-hmm. protection, right? And you're just trusting that it's always rerouting for you. Mm-hmm. I think the subconscious wants to please us. It wants, yeah. you know, if it had its own quality to it, it's trying to be faithful based on programming. And so it really is, you know, I know it's very moving. I, it really is of yeah. how we are this self-healing mechanism and it's all working for us to move us into alignment to heal. And so let's just keep feeding it and nurturing it and giving it things that to chew on that are actually beneficial. Right. Rather than letting it be, unfortunately, we're just unconscious and it's just a runaway train. Right. We're being led by the senses and then that's where we pick up bad habits and see so about nail biting. Let's use that. Like someone somehow, some put their finger in their mouth. They, they felt the little nail between their teeth. They've heard that click and they felt this release of um, stress. And so okay. the subconscious took that. note of that. The yeah. subconscious took note of that that first time and said, oh, wow, this works for her. Oh my God. And then you find yourself putting your fingers in your mouth and overrides the conscious mind you see so then you're doing that and you want you're re, you're chasing that first feeling of relief that's what happens with the drinker i was going to say it's they like had that first drink yeah. yeah that's why it's housed in the subconscious yeah because it uh, same thing you took that first drink you felt that click that click and so people always say i'm ch- was chasing that first drunk that first time where i felt that buzz and it's just like it never is going to be as good as that first time ever Right. So it's like this exercise in futility and the bottom keeps dropping lower and lower. It really is this, um, this insane chase for that first buzz mm-hmm. that happened. And the subconscious had recorded that. And so it's like, this is good for her. So yeah. you see, it's, it wants to please you. So we just want to keep uploading more positive experiences. And so when good things happen, say, this is good. Yeah. Take note of this. This is good. When you have a moment of love with someone, maybe you've had an intimate moment with them, or maybe just say more of this, please, more mm-hmm. of this, please. You are such a master creator. You, Kelly, everybody listening, like know your power, step into your power. My God, stop outsourcing it. Mm-hmm. You're an incredible mechanism. It's all available to you. Just pick up more tools to manage. That's all. That's really, it's about right. self-soothing. And I teach a class here at Sage and Sound called The Tools. Okay. And it's an express class. And I love that because I just want to put tools in people's hands. So not everybody wants to sit in a breathwork class or a meditation. We offer all those things, sound experiences, but just give me tools in my hands so I can figure out ways to self-regulate because that's mm. everything. When I can do that, then I have some, I have a shot at self-mastery. And if you don't know, it's going to be in the bottom of a bottle. It's going to be- yep. Whatever you know, the medicator whatever it is, yeah. or Netflix and chill, whatever that right. is, you're going to keep looking there because it's worked at one time, but it, mm-hmm. you've probably outgrown it and you're ready for more, but it keeps rerouting to that. Mm-hmm. So gaining more tools is really where it's at and they're going to change. What worked before doesn't work today. You sitting and doing this meditation, it, you know, it's on you. Keep mm-hmm. showing up, keep feeling that excitement around how you self-soothe. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. 
So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I love just even hearing that about self-soothing because you like... You and I have the recovery piece in common. And so when I first started recovery, I remember being like, God, I just, because I was 30 and I felt like just the fuck up kind of, you know, like everyone else had it kind of figured out. And why wasn't anyone else's life falling apart? Why was mine falling apart? And it was a very like, I guess that's a victim mentality, but it's also like, just, it felt so heavy and like, oh, why me? And since I've done it for so long now, it's sort of like, oh, recovery is just a tool of mine. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like the steps give me something tangible to do when I'm in these, you know, really intense periods of my life or hardships or whatever it is. And I always say to people, I wish everyone had a program and not <laughs> because like, I'm just, you know, thinking like everyone has to be in 12 step, but it's just really great tools for life. And so mm-hmm. I love that you're offering that at Sage and Sound. Can you tell us a little bit just about Sage and Sound in general and then what else people could find? I will. I just want to piggyback on that because yeah. I have another class that I actually okay. today called The Spirituality of the 12 Steps. Okay. So it's Love distilling that. just the essence of each step and how anyone, because I've heard the same thing you've heard. God, I wish I had a problem. I'm like, no, you don't. You right. Don't. Right. Um, <laughs> Trust <but>, us <laughs> <on> that one. <laughs> yes. But it is an incredible blueprint. Yeah. And so what is the essence of each one? How are you, how can you admit powerlessness and unmanageability in how you show up in your life and where you're like less hustle, more flow, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then what's your relationship to higher power? How can you turn your will and life over to it? So it's just like this gentle look at sort of what we've all benefited from and we've yeah. built our life from the ashes back with. Yeah. And so, so that was, that's been like a particular joy to create classes around that. Um, but the study is such a beautiful space within Sage and Sound. It's really the heart of Sage and Sound. This is an uh, Upper East Side, uh, 5,000 square foot space and oh so gosh. much closed during the pandemic. Yeah. So much closed and we've been missing community. I mean, my mm. practice 
I had was doing workshops and one-on-ones all over the world. And people showed up during that period of time, just feeling so destabilized and really wanting to learn how to anchor into themselves. So I've been doing that on Zoom off my, in my farm in Pennsylvania. And so this opportunity came to join these two friends that were Upper East Siders that kept having to go downtown to get their mm. acupuncture, all their treatments, their you know non-toxic mani-pedi, all those different things. Yeah. And they wanted to create a space where they could have a meditation and breath work and sound and then these classes. And so as programming director, it's been such a joy and a dream to think about where can we meet people right where they are on their journey? Mm-hmm. Someone who doesn't want to show up for meditation or breath might want to show up and do a mindful writing class to learn how to drop into themselves, to learn how to just be with themselves. Like what mm. could that look and feel like we have a class on practical mysticism? Again, we keep going to clairvoyance or other people to pull our tarot. How about you learning how to read your own sun sign? Yeah. How about you learning how to pull your own cards? You know, so we have this incredible astrologer who's like 35 years and written books. And so she teaches a class here as well. And then we have all kinds of life coaches and authors teaching about how to manifest abundance, how to heal relationships. We have a men's class because this space is really saturated with women. Oh, yeah. A lot of times. So yeah. we had to create men to have their own space to do that. And he's incredible. Um, and then we just have these sound practitioners that honestly just came off of tours with Oprah. We have two of them. One is Breath and one Nicholas Pratley. And the other one is Jackie Cantwell. And she was on all the sound, the sound tour with her. And now she's actually going to do a sound experience this evening, which I'm going to benefit from. Amazing. I'm going to do it. What do you find the benefit of sound? Because I have done a million sound baths. And for me, it is my entire body feels like it shifts. The energy mm-hmm. just completely like the vibration. Like I feel my entire body vibrate. Can mm-hmm. you kind of talk people through that? Because I don't know that a lot of my listeners are even aware of the healing parts of sound. Well, everything is vibrating. Everything is energy yeah. all around us. It's, it's like just we talked about gratitude's a frequency. Um, sound is a frequency. And it really cuts through um, noise in the mind and the body. And um, we're just very sensitive to it. And so to listen to sound in that way, it's almost like um, just an immersion. Mm-hmm. And it can really drop a resistance, like someone who can't sit for meditation necessarily, who has a lot of thoughts. It really can carry them on this ocean of... Um, experience, quiet, mm. stillness. Um, it can really laser through. I've had a lot of resistant clients who don't want to meditate and sit in that, like my mind's just too busy, but they can avail themselves to sound and the frequency of sound. And we offer different practitioners. So some of them do more Tibetan bowls and that's a different mm. sound with gongs and some of them do more crystal bowls and that's a different experience. And then some of them we have laying down so it's more about, you know, being in Shavasana after yoga class when you just yeah. lay there and you just allow that. And so we have a different practitioner on Sundays that offers more of, to enliven, more to align, more to mm-hmm. set intention. So it's using sound in different ways. And um, so it's less of a sound bath and it's more of a sound meditation. Ooh, I like that. Difference. Yeah. 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 If you're listening and you're like, okay, y'all, okay, sound and sound bowls and all this stuff, don't knock it till you try it. Go try it. Go try it. (laughs) Go try it. So Sage and Sound is in New York. If you guys are up there visiting, where else can people find you though? If they aren't in New York and they maybe want to work with you privately, do you still do the Zoom sessions? 
not as much anymore. I'm really okay. here. My focus has been here. Yeah. It's been a year I've been helping to build this. And it's just so beautiful to come back into community again. And that's what I was saying. It's like all these things have been happening online and there's nothing like the energy of being in a room of like-minded people. I mean, Absolutely. you know that from meetings, you know that yeah. from, it's just different. It feels different. Yeah. And to hear other people share about where they're at, mm-hmm. you know, even working in vacuums like online and are with our therapists and our coaches and our, oh, yeah. and it's something that's so cracking to have that community again. So that's what I'm really focused on and building that here. But I write a lot still on my Instagram page and that's okay. at ryan.hatton. So uh, that's, I'm just constantly using that as a place where I express thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. and things that are going on and things that I'm working with in the space. And yeah. Yeah. So a lot of healing tools there. You guys can follow her there. I'll put um, her Instagram handle in the description of this podcast and also just the Sage and Sound website and your personal website is really great as well. Just telling your story oh, and things like you. that. Of course. Thank you so much. This was such a delight for me this afternoon. <laughs> a little oh, bit of a healing too. combo. Yeah, it was. Thank you. Of course. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Ryan, for being here. Thanks for listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson, where we believe everyone has a little velvet and a little edge. Subscribe for more conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. Search Velvet's Edge wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.